ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, October 1st. That is right, we are officially in October, even though playoff baseball has already started. Crazy about that, huh? Uh, as always and possibly forever, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you can follow me on my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very old best to answer them here right on the show, or just in the DM or the email, whatever. The email is lockedoppodgers at gmail.com, whatever, guys. You you never know what you're going to get. Just send me your thoughts along. I'd love to hear from you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, guys, and tell them Lockdown sent you. Uh, Today's episode, obviously, we are recapping yesterday's I don't have a word. I'm not smart enough to come up with the proper language. I don't have the thesaurus in front of me to just accurately describe and illustrate how awful yesterday's game felt. But we're going to talk about that and then talk about Zach Davies' start today and some things that really annoyed me about uh, yesterday's game in particular. Right? So we're going to get into that. But first, guys, let's talk about the recap. So... I was debating whether or not I, how I should start this off, and then I realized, oh no, you should just start it off with the big storyline. Chris Paddock, Mr. Sheriff, Mr. Big Texas, Mr. Texas Edge, you know, all this stuff. He yesterday was dreadful. He goes only two and a thirds innings, giving up eight hits, six runs, and only striking out one. He only gets through 46 pitches. It's an ERA of 23.14 and a whip of 3.43. Uh, there really is no way to skirt around this Chris Paddock was awful and here's the thing here's the thing I understand that this wasn't supposed to be his start and I'm going to get into that a little bit later but bottom line is this is a guy who and this is a guy who I feel like we haven't been quite as hard on as maybe we should be especially for this season you know he comes out of that start against San Francisco right you know, where he only goes three and two-thirds, giving up eight hits, five runs, striking out three. And my thing was, okay, yeah, he had that nice Seattle start. Then he gets lit up by San Francisco. And then after after those games, you know, when there's a whole question about who's going to be on the playoff roster, who's going to pitch, he has this very bold thing like, of course I'm going to pitch. You know what I mean? Almost like this very braggadocious thing. And my issue with that is, you know, I appreciate the fiery edge don't get me wrong. I appreciate him being like, you know what? Screw all of you. Uh, I know that I'm I'm a beast, right? I know I've been struggling, but I know I know I'm gonna lock down the Cardinals, right? And they and then he absolutely didn't do that. He absolutely didn't do that. And it wasn't. I mean, Shane Bieber has been talked about lately in baseball circles for his outing against the Yankees and getting completely destroyed. The difference, my friends. You know what the difference is? First of all, just from a mechanical standpoint, Bieber like he labored through that game. You could tell. He still got like seven strikeouts. He wasn't good. Do not get me wrong because I watched the game. But he labored. He was giving up a lot of hits and he gave up some home runs. Don't get me wrong. He was not great. But Chris Paddock, it was like on the first or second pitch they had him. They waited on the changeup. They were like, okay, whatever, that first pitch. If it has a little bit of movement, then just ignore it. It's it's his best pitch. It's one of the best changeups in the league. Just ignore it. Immediately when you see that fastball and it's so recognizable, immediately out of the glove. I forgot what the stat is for that. You just, you just swing on it. You turn on it. The first pitch to Paul Goldschmidt 
was that two-run home run. And by the way, the Cardinals, they like are last in the league in slugging. They're 27th to be exact, and in home runs, they're 30th. Okay, just throwing that out there, right? This is not a home run type of team. And watching the entire game, it was always, like I said, it was always early on. I mean, he couldn't even work a count against basically every hitter. You know, everything is getting absolutely, you know, smashed all over the place. And honestly, you know, Profar makes a pretty good play in left field to prevent the damage even further in that first inning. So shout out to him. He, he, He did good there. But this is what I'm trying to illustrate. There's really nothing else almost to talk about last night. This guy was saying, you know, I'm the dude, I'm going to play this game. And Jace Tingler, he puts in Chris Paddock. He does not do Zach Davies, which is probably what everyone else is expecting. And even further, who I'm going to talk about later, Garrett Richards. It's just my issue with this start is one of the primary things is we haven't really seen. Have you ever honestly felt like for this season you felt comfortable with Chris Paddock pitching? No. The answer is no. And like I said, alluded to with, with Shane Bieber, you know, he kind of works some counts and he does get killed by the Yankees, but it was also the New York Yankees. They have one of the better offenses in the league. And like I just mentioned with the slugging and the home runs, the Cardinals are absolutely not that. They are a small ball, defensive, you know, good defensive players who made a bunch of good plays both in center field and uh, in left field. There were some good plays made and literally the last out of the game on Myers from Harrison Bader making a good catch. Just great defensive plays by the Cardinals and a small ball team. That's what they are. And you ended up giving six, six runs to them. And it's amazing because the bullpen was good. You know, our bullpen was actually pretty good. And I don't even think that... You know, K.K. Kim for the, for the Cardinals, who goes three and two-thirds, giving up five hits and three runs. He wasn't particularly good either. I wanted them to keep him in the game. I was hoping that maybe, oh, we got a big lead, so let's, you know, keep this guy in the game as long as we can. But no, they took him out. And, you know, Hesley and Cabrera and Gallegos, who was probably their best of the night, um, and Alex Reyes, like, they were all good. They Their bullpen is good. Um, but I have to tell you guys, it was just absolutely devastating to watch the game, and it started early. The excitement of the Padres being back in the postseason started. Just it waned completely almost after an inning. And he was good at the second inning, but it did not matter basically after that. And the other storyline of the game is, you know, part of me wants to, you know, I I actually thought about this, you know. I I was joking before about how I was like, how do I start off this episode? Obviously, it's going to be Paddock. I actually did think about something. I was like, should I do the thing where everyone's, you know... Everyone's zigging, so I should zag, and I should be like, actually, the biggest problem with uh, yesterday's game was Fernando Tatis, you know what I mean? That would be the ultimate, like, zag, and basically that comes into mind just because there were multiple opportunities where Fernando Tatis could have um, driven in more runs. You know, Gallegos got him to strike out swinging, and he got to, and the Alex Reyes at bat, which was a tough one to watch, you know, he grounded out um, to the shortstop. It was, it was not great. I would love to... Part of me knows that that would be the way to get the headlines and be like, actually, the real bad person of last night was Fernando Tatis, the so-called most exciting player in baseball. He couldn't even get a hit when it mattered, right? That would be the thing to call out. Or you call out Machado for going one for five, whatever, right? And even Manny, you know, he had a good hit, but then, like I said, the left fielder Carlson makes a great play to grab it, right? The Cardinals' defense really is excellent. I would say this, though, about the offense is we're so used to the Padres, they're down by four after an inning. Who cares? We do not care, right? They're down by five now. Oh, it does not matter. We could care less, right? We're used to seeing them hit that big, like, clutch, big-time hit. A homer from Will Myers, a homer from Eric Hosmer, a double from Cronenworth. You know, Grisham gets two walks yesterday. He was fine in that perspective, but the big hit just didn't come. And it reminds you of, this is the issue with the postseason sometimes, guys, and the issue is that 
sometimes it's it's a pitching based postseason. That's how you win in the playoffs, right? And offense can just come and go. And this is one of those situations. Of course, it happens to, you know, I remember the Boston Red Sox that one year. They basically only had like one good starter and like one good bullpen arm, but their offense just carried them. And of course, the one time it's the Boston team that gets away with it. But uh, for the most part, that's what really matters the most is your ability to kind of just get on base, get the hits when you need them, I guess. But mostly, you got to have that starting ace quality pitching. We need to have that from Paddock. You know, if if I were Paddock, I would have maybe thrown a little bit inside more, make hitters feel more afraid of you, be tough and whatnot, but just didn't happen. And that was the big difference of the game. I don't really think there's any much else to say there. Um, hopefully today, you know, you've got Zach Davies going. And, you know, with Davies, it's... You know, he was probably the one that I think most people expected, myself included, to be the starter for game one. And I think that should have been the case. But I will say uh, it's looking a lot better because the Cardinals, their offense really isn't good. And yesterday, hopefully, was an aberration. And I got this little stat from Kevin Acey. Uh, The Cardinals, they're batting 282. That's their slugging percentage, I mean, against changeups. And that's the lowest in the entire majors. And Zach Davies, who we all know, throws his changeup a whole lot, 40% of the time, in fact. So if you look at it from that perspective, the matchup is great. So hopefully that can uh, be what we look forward to today. I don't even know what to say, guys. It was just so devastating, so frustrating to see this team just stumble all over the place last night. But you know what's not frustrating? RockAuto.com. Take that transition, everybody. RockAuto.com, you know, it's just easy to use. And and first and foremost, as I've said before, uh, Dominic Toretto would love the site. You know why? You know why Dominic Toretto would like the site? Because it's a family business, first and foremost, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and, like I said, remarkably easy to navigate. Click to see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockout.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why just why i mean i'm already questioning why they put chris paddock in game one but let me tell you why do would you spend up to twice as much money for the same parts does that make any sense no it does not it makes less sense than chris paddock coming out acting like he's the, the beast and then getting completely demolished by the cardinals of all people right so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and now, guys, continuing ahead with some more thoughts on this game as well as Davies' start today, we are going up against Adam Wainwright is the opposing pitcher for the Cardinals, who I mentioned in my pod with Lucas, just in the sense of kind of being a little bit worried, the whole one last ride type of thing for a veteran, I, I do fear Wainwright a little bit. I didn't fear Kim as much, and and for good reason. I mean, they didn't. he wasn't particularly effective against the Padres. Um, many pitchers aren't, as you all know, but it was uh, he still got the job done enough. He did not Chris Paddock the thing, right? And now I want to talk about just some, a couple things that I found annoying yesterday. I got a bone to pick. I already talked about Paddock enough, but I do want to throw this out there, and that's Jace Tingler saying, kind of at the game, that, you know what, we got to get him in there again. We don't want him, this to be like his last, uh, you know, star. We can't have it be that that's the end for him for the postseason, right? Here's why that annoys me. That annoys me because this isn't like, and you know, you guys are going to get mad at me by Yankee Roots and all that. 
this isn't like Luis Severino, for example. Luis Severino, who was the ace of the Yankees, uh, like 2017 or whenever it was, and they faced the Twins in the playoff game, and he gets completely obliterated, only lasts, I believe, one out. I was looking this up the other day. He gives up like four runs, and it, it, it has to be taken out, right? This isn't like that. Right where it's like, yeah, they want they got to get Luis Severino into and to get him another start because he is their ace. This isn't like that because Chris Paddock hasn't been good basically all season long, guys. I mean, he finished the season with a four point seven three ERA. The WHIP was okay at one point two, FIP of five point oh two. The strikeouts were kind of there, K per nine of eight point eight. That's fine, but the ERA was just atrocious. And when you think about it, this isn't a guy who had like a couple measly starts. No, this is a guy who only had a couple good starts. One of them did come against Colorado when they were slumping a little bit, and he was great. And another one came against Seattle, and then the first game of the season he was great. But for the most part, this has been a guy you just can't rely on especially in big, you know, big game situations. So for Tingler to come out and say that, it bothers me because it's like, why are we treating Chris Paddock with such a reverence? I understand how unbelievably good he was last year. I understand that. But this kind of two-pitch pitcher who has a good rookie season and basically hasn't shown the same flashes all that much, why isn't, and I saw some people talk about this, what happened to Garrett Richards? This is arguably what annoys me the most. And I'm not saying that he would have 100% done better, Right? I'm not going to say that, but one thing I am confident with saying is I'm not sure he 100% would have done worse than what Chris Paddock did yesterday. And Richards, unlike what I was betting with Paddock, Richards basically only had a couple bad starts. And a lot of it, it was like they're taking him out after 50 pitches. So I'm like, all right, maybe you want to use him in the bullpen. That's fine. But put it the other way around. Why isn't Paddock the one that's going to the bullpen? Why do we keep making excuses for a guy who clearly it's just not his year? Maybe he'll figure it out next year. I'm sure he's going to figure this out in the offseason, throw that curveball more, just locate the ball better and make sure that fastball at least has a little bit of movement on it. Stop making it go so straight because everything that's in the strike zone or even close to the strike zone, people are just swinging on there, jumping on every time with Paddock. So I was really frustrated by that comment because I'm like, why are we doing this? First of all, who knows if we're even alive by the time, you know, uh, the, the, today's game is over. We could just be done. It's just, it, you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that, we, don't, we don't know what could happen, right? And to come out there and act like this guy has at all cemented that he's earned this. This isn't like a, I can understand the, the Cleveland Indians manager being like, we got to get, we can't let Shane Bieber go out like that. We're going to get him another start. I get that because he's going to win the Cy Young. Why are we treating Paddock almost with kitty gloves? And with Richards, why did we treat him with kitty gloves when he was probably a lot more effective than Chris Paddock was this year? I just don't understand that. So that upset me a lot. And then the other thing I want to mention, now some two kind of like funny dorky ones, trying to keep things a little upbeat and a little silly for you guys. Number two, um, I hate the term sweep for this round. I don't like hearing announcers and analysts. I don't like people saying, like, the, the Yankees swept the Indians. You know what I mean? The Astros swept the Twins. You won two games. I don't I don't like that. I, I know this is just semantics and whatnot, and I know that technically it is a sweep, but I don't like that. I don't like the – because it puts more blame almost on the other team. It's like, all right, you lost two games. What if they were really hard fought? You know, sweep – it is semantics, like I said, and one more game, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that counts as a sweep, though. But it really does. You know what I mean? It really does count, and I really don't like that we're acting like this is some kind of grand predictor of which teams are good and bad, because a lot of this is just a crapshoot with the best two out of three series. I mean, the Mariners took two games against the, the Padres earlier in the season. You know what I mean? So are they better than them? Did they sweep the Padres? It's like, no, man. Like, no. It's three games. 
you win every game in the series. You know what I mean? And if you're not, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't like that phrase being used. And number three uh, of things that annoyed me uh, would be, I don't, and this is an extremely Padres thing to say. I get it. You guys might roll your eyes, or maybe you guys will because you guys are hopefully Padres fans listening to this, but felt like a very heavily Cardinal-centric po- uh, broadcast yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Yadier Molina has been in the league for a while, and he's a great defensive catcher. It was almost like they hadn't prepared and realized, first of all, Yadier Molina is a little bit past his prime, and I think he's a Hall of Famer because Puerto Rican power! But among, he's also really good. Uh, but he's, you know, I love Yadier Molina, but I just felt like, all right, can we stop, like, praising this guy so much? Can we talk about the Padres a little bit more and how unbelievable their story has been? The Cardinals have won a World Series, and they're consistently pretty great. They're kind of like the Spurs of baseball in a lot of ways, just organizational, like, being good and almost a little bit boring in a lot of ways. And we're just going to talk about them the whole game. So I don't know if that was just me. I don't know if the bias is coming out. Yeah, I don't know, man. You got to tell me. But that's what it felt like. And it was a little frustrating to watch, to be sure. Um, And then the fourth thing, which is the most important thing. You know, no more silly things now is just I was yelling and raving. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping my cool right now for the most part. I'm keeping it cool. You know what I'm saying? But I was just so frustrating thinking about. And I mentioned this with Lucas. I do not remember the last time. A playoff baseball team lost both of its friggin' aces like a week before the playoffs started. I do not remember that. I don't. I remember teams that got hurt a little bit more. I know people, the Mets fans, are going to get upset and be like, well, we always have injuries. And the Yankees, you know, they lose their their number two ace like before the season even starts. They lose Stanton and Judge and all those guys forever, right? Plenty of teams that have had injuries. I get that. But I do not remember, and I I talked to Lucas Smith. The last time I could remember injuries coming like this close to the playoffs was like uh, the the Bengals when they lost Andy Dalton the one year he was amazing and a borderline MVP candidate like a, a week before the playoffs, or maybe even the Pats when they lost Gronk that one year right before the playoffs. And those are football analogies, you know what I'm saying? And, and maybe you could say LeBron, the the Cleveland Cavs from 2015, when both Kyrie and Kevin Love get hurt, uh, like in that in the in the playoffs, and then they he loses them for the rest of the playoffs, and then he faces the Warriors and he gets 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 creamed. <laughs> um, but I really do not remember this for baseball, and it's frustrating because another note from Kevin Ac in his newsletter, which everybody should sign up um, for, St. Louis they had a 3.30 slugging percentage against fastballs 95 miles per hour or greater. And that was second lowest in the majors this season. Lamette, he's thrown 465 fastballs at 95 plus this season. And Clevenger has thrown 143 of those pitches, which seems like a stark contrast and makes it not as much of a difference. It's still a lot for both of them. But Clevenger, also keep in mind, has been hurt and he didn't pitch, you know what I mean, as many games as uh, other starters in the league this season, especially compared to, to Nelson Lamette. And that's frustrating. Because it's like, yeah, literally, just based off of that one thing, those two guys love throwing faster than 95, and the fact that the Cardinals can't hit that, on paper, this was a great matchup for the Padres, on paper, right? And for you to lose both of those guys before the season, it's frustrating. And I'm going to conclude by saying this. If the Padres go out and lose today, I'm going to be frustrated, obviously, and it's going to be annoying having to come and record this podcast and just be super down and being like, wow, like my first season hosting this podcast. This The fact that they had their best season ever when I start freaking covering this team. And for it to end like this, I'm going to be devastated, obviously. But, and I know the Cardinals people, they might get, they say, oh, you're sore loser, this, this and that. I know, but in a season where the Cardinals, they really weren't that, that good. They were good. They were fine. It's a two out of three series. 
I'm not talking about the shortened season. I'm talking about that it's two out of three and our best pitchers were hurt. I know the Dodgers fans might get involved in this and be like, ha ha, Padres, classic Padres. My thing is, bruh, we weren't even at 100%. Our ace heading into the year in Paddock, it was a mess, and he was a mess all season, and we had to use him game one, and I don't even know if that was the right decision. You know what I'm saying? Because even if they win today, right, even if Xavier's is awesome today, and they're able to hit on Wainwright and be like, we don't care if you're trying to have one last good outing in your kind of illustrious career, right? We're just going to send you to the bullpen running, you know what I mean? They still have a bullpen day probably on the next day. One final thing I'll leave out for you guys. I heard that Mackenzie Gore was working out. Maybe they think about testing that out. Maybe. I don't know if they're heading in that direction. It probably depends on how today transpires. Say today's a shootout and it's like we have to use all of our relief pitchers to make it by. Maybe they end up going with Mackenzie Gore. And I noticed yesterday they didn't have Drew Pomeranz throw two innings. So they probably want to try and make it that, you know, he gets an extra day's rest. That way they could either use him for today or tomorrow if absolutely necessary. They want to do that. That way he's not too gassed. You know what I mean? So from that perspective, uh, it's just things aren't looking good despite how if this was a longer series, if we had our full pitchers, I'd be so much more confident. And that's really all I have to say, guys. Just a lot of rambling today. Not as organized as I usually am. I mean, some people would say I'm not really all that organized, but still uh, just a really depressing game. I'm hoping that today I'm going to do my work and, you know, kind of get back on the horse. And then we got this five o'clock game and we're going to come back and then we're going to get ready for our third game. We win that. And then we probably end up playing the Dodgers because the Brewers just can't score. Um, and so, yeah, that's really all I have to say, guys. Let's still have hope, though. Let's still have hope that Davies is going to come out and be awesome and that the Padres offense is going to just carry us as they basically have been all season. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. Can't give up now. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, where. Ever go do me a favor and review the podcast on iTunes. Five stars only, of course. Five stars only. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.